Hello and welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. My name is Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> what are you? What are you doing? I'm starting doing? the podcast. Why are you doing the intro? Because it's my podcast. What's, what's the date? What is this? It's 2017, 20, is this right? 2017, right now. <laughs> it's gonna be three more years before Trump's out. Hold on, oh God. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and the beautiful voice that you just heard. The dulcet tones. With our former co-host, Tyler. Some of you, I bet, were like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What? Did I hit the wrong episode? <laughs> you did not. What's the title of this episode? Oh, what should it be called? I thought maybe, t- well, I for SEO purposes, probably like, like ATV. No, like iMedia, a social <laughs> yeah, media yeah, conference yeah, yeah, yeah. recap. Okay. But it could okay. be Tyler's yeah, brief yeah, return. Yeah. SEO is a myth. Wow. Um, Tyler has come back for a special episode of Don't Call Me a Guru, which is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Where Tyler works. That's my job. Jesus, everything is just coming together. Tyler is the social media manager at ATB Financial, as many of you know. And uh, he is gracing us with his presence today so that we can talk about things we learned at the iMedia Social Media Digital Conference, which happened in March. Yes. Which which is the month that we are in today. That is correct. Is this like, (laughs) is this coming out? In two, are we three months ahead no, yet? No, this is happening. This will this will be this week. Oh, okay. This okay. will be in March. Yeah, welcome to March. It's very exciting. Um, as I as I like to say, if you like the podcast, please give us a five star rating. Um, if you like the skit this morning, oh. or this morning, what am I talking about? <laughs> the five star rating thing—that's pro. That's the level that this podcast is at without me. <laughs> no, wow. No. That's good. I mean, I do appreciate the audio finesse that our producer Matt uh, brings to the table. How come Matt isn't in the podcast yet? I mean, I guess I've never asked Matt what his social media expertise is. Revolution. No, I mean, you know, (laughs) producer jumps in. Oh, you want to break like some walls and stuff. You want Matt to ask some questions? I don't know. Matt, I'm just asking why doesn't (laughs) he? Matt doesn't have a mic right now. He can't ask. Oh, Oh, whoa. It's happening. (laughs) Mike has a room. Mike. You you never you never tell the producer that he doesn't have the equipment he needs to, <laughs> <laughs> to record you. I've got yeah. you fully covered. Like wow. Two minutes in, I've destroyed the relationship. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we had a pretty good run, and now Tyler's messing it all up. This state of the art equipment, by the way, is because we are recording in the Nate NR92 radio studio. So that is why there are three effortless mics that can be turned on at any moment. Does NR92 have like a NR92? Oh, they've got so many jingles. It's like student projects to make jingles. We have plenty of jingles, fun (laughs) splitters, everything. put in a fun jingle right now. Just like a fun jingle. Nate has to buy ads on the network. Oh, okay. It's a student-run radio Maybe we'll create one for Don't Call Me a Guru down the road. Yes. A cool little splitter or fun jingle. Yes. Change the transition. Yes. Ooh, I don't know. I'm so used to that, though. That was a Tyler, like, legacy transition. <laughs> You're, like, within a meter radius of this mic right now. <laughs> I think I'm probably still reaching the levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Matt, for that your works. appearance. <laughs> Let's get and cut. And cut. We're done now. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what I we media. came here to talk about. I media. Yeah. Who? We 
Well, what were you going to say? I was going to say that we co emceed iMedia yes. together yes. as a duo. Again. And I am just going to come out and say that I think we did a great job. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to do it. If you guys think that Tyler and I did a great job emceeing, please give us five stars on Twitter. <laughs> you know what? I, I, liked, I liked our energy. Yeah. I liked our skits. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought we had, you know, we helped a girl find her phone. We had memes. Yeah, we, we were going to have more memes, but, you know, then I forget that at lunchtime and end of day, like, no one really wants to hear MCs talk. No. So next time, I think I would put more skits in the beginning. So, yeah, we just wanted to do, um, like, a podcast kind of recapping how it went and some things we learned, right? Yes. Right. First, I wanted to start by asking you, because I missed your session. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. What? I, mean, uh, I made it into your session for, like, five minutes. You did. Yeah, because uh, I'm a good friend. You are a better friend than I am. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> now that we've okay, established Linda, uh, that, yes, what is your question? How, how was it? What did you, do you want to summarize your yes. session? Because so, I heard it was fantastic. Thank you. I heard yours was wonderful. Thank you. I've heard that you and Adam have a great rapport. We do. I don't know if it's a better rapport than the rapport that we have. I don't think our rapports have to be competitive <laughs> you, no, with you each don't other. Think so? All right. You can never have too many good rapports. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, in summary, yes. I did a talk about how to create successful influencer marketing campaigns. And my focus was, because you know, you can talk about so many different things with influencer marketing, but I wanted to focus my session particularly on not just the metrics that you'll often want to measure after a campaign, um, but also the success of your identification. Did you choose the right person? Did you put research into this? The success of the content. Did they develop good content? Can you use it in other mediums? Um, and also the relationship which I think is arguably one of the most important, um, is was it, a, was it a successful relationship working with an influencer? Would they recommend you? Would you recommend them? Would you happily work together again? Um, and oftentimes, you know, they don't want to work together again. <laughs> yeah, which is not a good which thing. Which is not a good, and it's not successful. Um, so yeah, so we just kind of dived into sort of different definitions and case studies as to why something might be successful when you're working with influencers. So Tyler, tell me in summary about yours and Adam's, you know, really good rapport <laughs> session. <laughs> our rapport or our, or our session? Both. Uh, yeah. We just get along, you know. <laughs> Uh, Adam and I, Adam is the director of story for ATB Financial and I'm the social media manager. So we talked about ATB's journey with Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. We've been trying various Facebook Live uh, applications for the last year about uh, from live concerts in our branch for arts and culture, which was a, an unmitigated failure that I didn't even make it into the deck. <laughs> It was so bad. It's like, to, it's not going into this. To kind of increasingly high quality Facebook lives and the success in terms of the numbers we've had uh, along the way. And uh, so, as well as some of the flops we've had along the way and the, the cutting public humiliation that have come uh, <laughs> with those. And there's a few key takeaways. One being... There's been a ton. We, we have so many people who work on our lives and they're very resource intensive for the kind of quality we're doing. And I think it took us a while to learn that. So trying to pass on that knowledge of how many people and how many hours we put into that it. That it actually takes to put on a really high quality, good Facebook Exactly. Life. Yeah. 
to uh, the, the, the idea that interactivity is everything. Mm -hmm. If you don't want your audience to have a conversation with you live, don't go live. Save yourself the trouble. Just do a video. Exactly. Just make a video <laughs> and then share it and promote it and get it to the right people and let them leave comments. Right. And, and you know. But if you're going to do a Facebook Live. The audience should drive the conversation. Yes. And when we've been able to do that, we see 200 comments on a, on a live video. Mm -hmm. And that we think that's very successful. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the third one, I think, which I really liked. Well, I like all of your points. Thank usually. you. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked your points about good enough is not good enough mm. when it comes to at least your Facebook lives. And I would say like ATP Financial's Facebook lives are definitely of a very high quality. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great. But... Like, not that it has to be so polished, but just making sure that you're bringing a level of quality to your Facebook Live that is kind of nowadays going beyond just your phone, hitting record on your phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we want to... ATB is a great brand. We have a great brand. I think it's incumbent on us to, to produce the highest quality uh, social content that we possibly can because we have the resources, we have the time, we have the willingness, and and we have a ton of creativity and talent. So it's up to us to do the best job we can all the time and live that great brand. But that said, I think the one of the main takeaways for us was um, public humiliation, <laughs> which is a theme through this because we've had some big flops. Public humiliation is part of working in social media. Right. You're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. People are going to see them. Thousands of people are going to see them, mm -hmm. even if it's a spelling mistake right. or a misplaced comma. Right. Uh, it's going to happen. They'll point that out. They will point They'll be that sure out to point that out. <laughs> and you will grow a thick skin. And uh, <laughs> and it's part of the, it's the cost of innovation is failure as long as you're learning and growing and mm -hmm. on an upward trajectory. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. The one thing that I always think about, though, when I'm watching really polished Facebook Lives versus, like, the handhelds is that I think there is still a place for handheld sort of Facebook Lives. And I think we got to respect that some budgets aren't able to achieve yes. sort of that more TV-style, full-studio type of quality. Um, but just I think if you still take the principles and make sure that even if it's on your phone, but making sure that it's well-resourced, interactivity is there, and that it's still better than good enough but yeah. from that phone perspective even. And I think we, in our talk, were conscious of this is ATV's journey with this, yes. right? And it's not everyone's journey, but we can't, I've never done it anywhere but ATV mm -hmm. uh, at, a, I, at a large well, scale. Hold on, Tyler. I remember the, the quaint old days when you used to prop your phone onto oh, a Coke can. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> and do a that live video totally of that. actually totally slipped my mind. You're like, you've blocked that from your that memory. That totally slipped my mind. The first <laughs> Facebook Live I did was trying to broadcast a video, uh, a, a lecture at McEwen mm -hmm. when I was there and yeah we propped up an iPhone <laughs> on a on a on a glass of water yeah. in the front and uh yeah <laughs> and <the laughs> that rest, was something else the rest they say is history they said there was audio issues on that one too yeah <laughs>
<laughs> Everything was really garbled with yeah. the water. Yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but your talk was great. I got I heard a lot of good feedback. Nice. And I, and I had popped in for a bit, and it was fun. Um, yeah, we swore a lot. We got some good laughs. It was a good talk overall. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all you can hope for. I also popped down to talk at Parity <laughs> Yag. Oh yeah, I saw that. Well, so, I saw you tweeted about that. <laughs> so they, I got a text from Lana Cuthbertson, who works at uh-huh. ATV and helps organize uh, this event, and she said one of our speakers didn't show up, and I see you're on on campus. <laughs> Will you come down in five minutes? And give a 30-minute talk about social media, and I did. Well done. And it was super fun. I, I had the best time. Can you, for people who don't know, what is para- Parody Yet? So it's an organization. Y-E-G. That's right. <laughs> it's an organization that um, helps uh, women enter politics. Love it. So I'm not, I don't really know what the event I walked into was, but it <laughs> seemed like an all-day workshop of where they were learning some right. things about campaigning and communications and stuff. Did a double session. I did a double session, yeah. <laughs> double dipped. So what were the other takeaways that you that you got from the conference, maybe sessions that you were able to pop into? Any big learnings? I, I visited uh, an old uh, McEwen colleague, Abby, uh, from Lilia Communications. She was talking about Instagram captions. Uh, and I, I thought it was a brilliant session, honestly. I, I had to duck out towards the end. Um, Abby, uh, side note, used to be on McEwen's Snapchat, and she is the one who I made talk to plants. <laughs> do you remember wow, that at all? I do remember that. <laughs> so Quite we had a, a good throwback. laugh about that. No explanation needed, dear listener. Uh, you can visualize it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's very literal. Uh, so she had this great, uh, she, I liked this line from her presentation. She said, so wh- why write? Write shitty captions, right? <laughs> so it's the idea that Instagram is this visual medium, and it is. You, it's a great place to build a visual brand, but you have all this space, and there's a ton of room to write in there. And uh, she kind of posited that people are people are missing the opportunity to really capitalize on that space. Yeah, she was talking about things like bringing emotion into it, talking about things like uh, ending with some kind of call to action, even if it's just starting a conversation with a great question, leave a comment below. And she had the pie method, which was plug information, emotion, and action as kind of a formula to follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I, I really liked that. Grab their attention, give them some more information, Get some emotion in there and then a call to action. Like I'm a big that. formula guy. Right. Uh, the more acronyms we can throw at you, the better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, the, the pie method, I, I really like that a lot. I, I got a lot out of that session. Great. That's awesome. Um, we both were in attendance for the opening, actually both opening keynotes. Yes. Um, particularly because I'm especially interested in influencer marketing, I found Sarah Feldman of Endy. Uh, Her talk was quite good. Um, Something that I took away from it was that she was, I think, the first person that I've ever heard coining the term, and I'm sure she's not the first person, but... (laughs) No, I believe it. But she, she called... Influencer marketers, influencer marketers. Oh, neat. Yeah, like it's not, it's you're not a social media person right. doing influencer marketing. You're an influencer marketer. <laughs> so I thought that was really especially for a company like Andy. It's a big part of the Absolutely. business. Absolutely. So it's like it's dedicated, and they put a lot of, uh, they invest a lot of resources into that now because they've seen success. Um, something that I really liked that she talked about was taking sort of how media specialists 
uh, work or approach um, a campaign and then using that in influencer marketing. So media will often try to buy different media placements that layer onto one another. Mm. Um, so you're hitting mul- multiple touch points for that same person, um, and hopefully the multiple touch points will lead to some action. Uh, so taking that same approach and applying it to the influencers that you're selecting, um, whereas before she might have picked three pretty random influencers that all have their own engaged following but you know don't really overlap with one another, now she sees the value in selecting three influencers who do have an overlapping audience because now that audience is going to see multiple mentions of Endy um, in their feeds from people they trust and like to follow. And then you get that layering effect that will hopefully uh, lead to the action a little quicker. So I thought that was really cool. Right. And then that idea of layering in terms of uh, from micro influencers at the bottom mm-hmm. up to major corporations at the top. So they were talking, she was talking about Jay Batista being yeah. an influencer of theirs. And then under. That's a baseball He's person? a baseball boy. <laughs> For those who do not sports. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he runs um, the circles and hits the balls. So, <laughs> and he does yeah. it well. So having so, that smaller and, and un- base. under yeah. him, there's you know the MLB or other mm-hmm. players, um, mm-hmm. and uh, at the bottom of that is some your local fitness influencers. Yeah. and how kind of, o- of owning that, that space can be extremely effective. I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was really good. And then there was another influencer session from. Um, the publicity room. So Janice, Vanessa, and Caroline. This is the one I ducked out of to go talk. (laughs) 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 And I I thought it it was shaping up to be a very good one. So I'm really curious about this. Yeah, so sort of, I mean, it definitely builds off of what Sarah was talking about. But one of the takeaways I took from the publicity room's influencer talk is to not forget that businesses can be your influencers as well. Mm. I think so often now you're thinking, well, who's the individual? Um, An individual's messaging is very powerful, but if you can also reach out to local or, you know, relevant businesses that also have your target audience, having them share it too um, in that layering effect can can also get your word across or whatever action it is that you want um, to take. So I thought that was pretty cool. I've heard the idea that influencers can be uh, your team members. So you can have one influencer program that includes actual influencers, like, you know, like high profile influencers, uh, external influencers, Mm -hmm. and also just invite your team members into it. And they all get the same resources, invited to the same events. And absolutely. I think, um, I think there's too few businesses that actually look inwards at the potential of, your employees being your best ambassadors. And they're probably already your best ambassadors, like, you know, word of mouth, face to face. But then imagine, because obviously, I mean, everyone's on social media, right? That's... (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Right? That's a thing. (laughs) Instagram DMs are a perfectly valid form of communication. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But imagine tapping into your staff members' social media. That is, I mean, I think there's always a barrier. I feel like there's still some employees who are like, whoa, whoa, I ain't talking about my work on my personal account. Um, But I think you can guide the opportunities in the same way you would do maybe uh, an influencer who's at a level where you don't have a paid partnership, but you do offer them tickets to events. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you could do the same thing for for team members uh, who might 
be interested in doing. Absolutely. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the intersection of team member advocacy and influencer instead of two separate programs yeah. run for, they're, they're the same thing. You're doing, yeah, you're, yeah. you're same goal. Yeah. Um, the, the other keynote uh, was Chelsea, who is product and design at Facebook slash Oculus Rift. And she talked about the future of digital marketing, which is always such a you know, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was a real, like, eye-opening presentation, yes. I thought. So she was basically, she covered off four key um, key future tech, I guess, that marketers should be considering now, if not in the very near future. Um, and that's wearables, uh, voice, bots, and virtual slash augmented reality. So, I mean, I think we already got the AR augmented reality down with Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> Who still plays that anyway? <laughs> she's like, remember when I do. <laughs> she's like, remember when everyone was all into Pokemon Go? And I'm like, was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but I did love what she <laughs> you're like, you're seriously. Tyler plays it every day. So. <laughs> and he's not embarrassed. No, no, I've we I've have come, a digital marketer. Come out the other side. Yeah, we had a digital marketer colleague who literally just got a Charizard tattoo on his arm, Chris McCullough. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> let's move on. Let's, okay, let's keep the conversation the rolling. Yeah. Conversation. Um, yeah, so I just thought, you know, I thought it was really interesting. Um, obviously, we've been hearing about some of this tech for a while. I think it's always, I, I liked hers because it was less about, you know, all the code and mm. tech that you might need in order to do this. Um, but she was talking about it in ways that now there are enough companies, I think, who can help you with this. And there's enough sort of third party uh, or open source tools um, that can help you create a chatbot quite easily, um, at least to prototype it. But um, the one thing that I thought that reminded me of this when she was talking about voice ads and the power that ads um you know, technically, this could be a voice ad right now. <laughs> Actually, whoa, what a good segue. <laughs> we're going to go to a voice okay, ad. Okay, voice ad. We're going to go to a voice ad, and then we're going to come back and talk about voice ads. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by Perch, the podcast by ATV. Perch connects with the experts, influencers, and big thinkers who are shaping our province. Each series connects to the topic of the most recent issue of Perch, a research publication produced by ATB. Learn more by visiting atb.com slash perch. And we are back. We are back to talk about voice ads. You probably just heard. So the thing that I thought, or I think about this often when I listen to podcasts, Tyler, and particularly recently, I've been listening to a true Canadian crime podcast. Mm. It's very dark. What's it? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. called True Canadian Crime. <laughs> 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 anyway, so it's like murder yeah. and blood and stabbing and yeah. all this yeah. stuff. And then suddenly, I love HelloFresh. <laughs> Like, literally, she just finished talking about this guy murdering a family. I love and cutting up the steaks. <laughs> she's like, stabbing them. She's like, I can't get enough of my HelloFresh recipes. So I just think, um, I do think that there's some studies out there that actually say that advertising in podcasts is extremely effective because people are so invested in the sound within their ear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still think. 
you need to st- it can't be jarring you know and i feel like that i just haven't quite grasped that yet and she was talking about voice ads in terms of if there's an ad on your google home your, yeah, you could in, you can interact with it so if you are interested in this this you're hearing this ad you're interested you can actually say hey tell me more about that mm-hmm. uh, which is a really interesting kind of you never think of a radio ad is something you could take action on immediately, yeah, exactly. and that's starting to change. Yeah, you can do that with the with the smart assistants. Um, that changes the whole landscape. They're called, uh, at least for Alexa, they're called skills. And what she was saying is that you shouldn't make it like a punch-you-in-the-face ad. It should be sort of a, what's a useful voice skill or interaction that you can give to people mm-hmm. and then how can you then subtly weave in your brand or the thing that you're trying to sell within that but still thinking about how to make it useful for the audience first that was cool so she talked about that and also fashion that measures your brain waves to light buildings <laughs> up while you play music or light light uh light your dress up while you're playing music and yes that was some cool that was, that was cool. cool she's talking about haptic suits if anyone's seen ready player one or have read the book it's about this virtual reality world and i think it's i mean it's I mean, my husband says as soon as they get haptic suits and he can totally, like, like plug into this digital world, he's never coming out. <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> Makes me feel good. <laughs> but, uh, it's the Matrix. Yes, exactly. But, uh, yeah, but these these suits, which actually, and this is not an ad either. <laughs> but uh, Now available for $5.99. <laughs> they have it. They have something similar at the rec room. They, they do a virtual reality right. experience, Star Wars, and they make you wear these things that do have do. sensors on them. Star Wars? Yeah, do you want to go? Tonight? (laughs) I'm a little busy tonight, but a couple weeks. Okay, okay. I can wait. But like haptic suits. So that technology, so haptic basically it just means that you can then feel whatever is being programmed into the computer. So, I mean, I wasn't going to mention like porn. (laughs) But... Well, I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) Virtual reality porn is a thing, and that's all we'll say about that. We're going to move on. Move on. We're going to move on. Move on, yeah. (laughs) This is a family-friendly show. Okay, so I went to a session about storytelling with Suzanne Pescod from the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Alberta, Mm -hmm. which you've partnered with. Not partnered with, I think you do it. I, I do. For, I out do. of the goodness of your heart. <laughs> and you have also helped me. I have helped. Every me. birthday, I cook a meal for the Ronald well, McDonald House family. A families. team of people cooks a meal. <laughs> okay, I was going to mention <laughs> that my friends joined me in cooking this meal, including Tyler and his partner, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. And we had a great time, and it's a really good cause. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she was talking about the power of storytelling. Her session touched on a lot of things that I believe very strongly. So it was uh, it's always nice when people arrive at the same conclusions you have. <laughs> yeah. It's like very affirming Even for if me. The path was different. <laughs> and uh, she was talking just about a few things really stood out. First of all, I believe storytelling is the essence of social. You and I have seen tools come and go. We've seen trends change, algorithms change. The constant is great storytelling that makes good use of the form in front of you Mm -hmm. is how I think you can be successful on social media. Mm -hmm. And there was a few things that really stood out. One, she talked about, she talked about having the patience to wait until you have a great story. So she talked about getting a large donation and then waiting three or four days until they had all the information and the photos and the, you know, a a story they could tell about it. And then putting out one 
polished piece of content that told that story and how it outperformed a lot of their other content. Right. She also, I, I noticed they publish most of their content in channel. So they're not telling their story on their website and linking off to it. They're writing longer 200 word Facebook posts or making full use of a, a tweet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 200 plus characters and a video yeah. and, uh, and being really conscious of giving people a way to experience the story right in channel, which right. is something we've talked about I, before yeah, we've and talked we believe about in. Before. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I thought it was really valuable. I think we're always, it's easy at, conferences like this to get caught up in the the algorithms and the details and the math and the tech and that stuff's important but at at you know at, at the core we're storytellers stepping back and uh, remembering that exactly yeah. I, I thought it was a really good session i agree with that um something that's similar i jumped into a session on storytelling as well from Jessie with Bonafide Media PR. She was actually out of Calgary, and I've worked with her before um, on different projects. But she, I found, I think one of the the best things that Jessie does is when it comes to her relationships with her clients and people and things that she's working with. She relationship builds so much <laughs> like it's literally I mean and this may or may not work for your organization or for you is that literally her almost 24 7 is her building relationships with people and like sometimes and I'm quite aware that when she texts me things that aren't really related to anything that's her building our relationship Whoa. so that when the time comes I'll be like yeah of course this is good news or this is good oh, story she is on I mean, to you she is She's so good at that. <laughs> so, yeah. So she said a lot about just kind of taking it back. Actually, she had a slide that was called, so what do you measure? And then it sort of listed like impressions, reach, blah, blah, blah. And then literally it was like, it like slam in red, blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> it's like, let's talk about the relationships right. that you're measuring versus sort of all of those metrics and figures. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then I sat in quite briefly on Kylie Adams with the Edmonton Humane Society. Mm. So she was also sort of talking about storytelling. Um, what attracted you to that session? <laughs> there were, I mean, Kylie Adams. <laughs> there were three very adorable dogs. <laughs> Man, she should have brought a dog. Oh, I guess it's been adopted out. But, you know, you still have contact with the person. I digress. <laughs> So we got a dog adopted after Social West. Yes. So that's amazing. It's, it's doable. I pet that dog. Someone pets him every day now. So cute. <laughs> Anyways, Kylie's was a case study about these three giant dogs that they had come into their care and sort of the the media relations um, that went into also telling their story, but then how, you know, not underestimating how traditional media can still amplify and really take take your story to to a bigger global reach. Hmm. type of place. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Oh, so Christina right. from, from CBC Edmonton. Who we shouted out in our presentation yes, as well. Small world. Small world. Just so connected. Big small uh, town. She did a, yeah, it is. <laughs> she did a session um, as well about community building and community engagement. Um, I'm seeing some trends in these different sessions, mm. <laughs> but uh, something that stuck out for me um, was that she was sort of reminding about that diversity aspect and the inclusion of inclusion of who your audience is in the marketing and materials and storytelling that you're giving them because they, especially in today's climate, 
want to see themselves represented in what you're saying. Um, so not to forget diversity and inclusion. I also went to a session with DDB's uh, Tessa mm -hmm. and Brittany mm -hmm. about marketing cannabis before cannabis was legal and the challenges they faced there. Uh, and it was just, it was fascinating. It was interesting to learn about how they had uh, taken more of an educational angle and then done a bunch of kind of unpaid informal influencer work mm -hmm. uh, because it was, of course, illegal to market uh, illegal, illegal drugs. Right. Which is the case with all illegal drugs. Right. You can't market them. I mean, can you mark? I didn't go to the session, so I don't know. Can you market it now because it's legal here? I don't remember. But <laughs> ask, I think they were they were starting Brittany. they were starting to change the uh, Those, the rules the, around it. But yeah, I mean, we had done some cannabis campaigns at my former agency, ooh, which maybe we'll talk about in a bit as well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> your lead has been buried. <laughs> but uh, but I do remember uh, we needed to get in touch with Facebook and explain to them that like oh this is educational and it's going to be legalized here and like and yeah. Yeah. Convincing them that we are just not talking about illegal drugs anymore. Yeah. So a really interesting <laughs> case study there, something I've never really thought about before I marketed uh, education and then banks, both of which are perfectly legal. <laughs> very legal entities. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to take another very short break for another voice ad. And then we'll be back with more fun discussion. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Let's Do Coffee podcast by the Maji Center at Nate. Each episode features an interview with a student, entrepreneur, or Nate alumnus. They dive into topics that explore their challenges, questions, and fears involved in operating their companies. Find the show at nate.ca slash Center. All right, welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. So there was a lot of great sessions. That was re that's that's really just some of them. Do you have any more? You wanna do you wanna just segue into the next? Yeah, one? let's segue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. we'll include yeah. this. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're, We're good. good. Yeah. So many great speakers. Keep it rolling, Matt. <laughs> Shout out to Morgan uh, and her team and all the volunteers and sponsors and partners. Um, iMedia is always uh, really fun to go to. And, and thanks for having us back to MC. Yeah, we always like MCing. Yeah. Um, we'll do more skits next year. Well, my favorite tweet was Jeff Samson out wondering. <laughs> he found a <laughs> plastic bag, bag full of eggs and thought what <laughs> that we never ended up using and yeah. just said, what could this possibly have been for? That was part of a skit. Should we tell him? Just, can we say yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jeff, the skit was going to be that we were going to try to recreate the world record egg photo. Um, so Ethan, the photographer, was going to take a photo of us with these egg cartons, and then we were going to post it to the iMedia social media page and then get over a million likes on that. Yeah. And then, you know, it just kind of fell through. Yeah. But there weren't any mics There weren't the any microphones <laughs> at the end, so People we decided not to <laughs> silently mime out an, an abstract skit. egg skit and then... But, you know, I think it would have killed. And then just yell, take a picture of my eggs! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so great conference, lots learned, happy to have emceed and spoken uh, alongside 
my buddy who I have a good rapport with, Tyler. Another year goes by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned for next year. Um, but yeah, I think by the time this podcast is released, I will have also announced that I am not... Okay, so some of you may know that I have taken or had taken a leave from my the agency that I had worked at, Calder Bateman's at GM. Um, and I was supposed to come back in April. I was taking the leave because my husband and I are trying to have babies. We're very open about this. We've struggled for years. (laughs) I gotta laugh or else I'll cry about it. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) so I I have decided not to return to the agency world um, and instead focus on doing freelance social media strategy, consulting, training. um, And then also, uh, I feel very fortunate to um, be able to focus more time on my blog and doing more influencer work as well. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that is my announcement. Tyler, what about you? (laughs) First of all, congratulations. Thank you. This is uh, a big move. And I'm really excited for you. Thank you. I am also very excited. I have no announcements. I'm, I still work at ATB. <laughs> I hope to work at ATB for quite some time. And I thought uh, you were going to say, I'm returning to the podcast. <laughs> that's right, JK. yeah. JK. This, this job is open. <laughs> up at Calder no, I, uh, I, I am hoping that by, by the time you hear this podcast, there is yet another successful Facebook Live for you to watch on ATB's page. Closing the loop. Uh, on, on, on this great this. presentation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that was a pretty good conversation we had. Matt Matt tells us that this is one of the mo- more entertaining ones that he's been, you know, recording, which is no offense to any of my previous guests. <laughs> well, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it is. <laughs> Take offense. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we should just have you come back every like four months. Let's do it. Well, let's do, that. Let's do it after Socialist. Oh yeah, let's do it after Socialist. Okay. We'll do that. Um, the Listens Lounge. Oh, the ATV Listens Lounge. It's, I'm not going to Socialist this it's year. It's coming back. But that was a good one. Yeah. They, they got me chips last year. I liked that. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like as an early adopter of the Listens Lounge, you're like, I'd like chips, and then someone else gets like a puppy. Or, like, <laughs> I know. I was actually <laughs> upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I had asked for something else. Anyways, chips was very. But thanks like, for getting the ball rolling. For sure. And you guys had like deodorant as well that was handy, and you had chapstick, so it was all good. I feel like when I tell the story, it's like we helped someone meet a, a like a <laughs> world a champion bull rider, and we bought another person a pool, a unicorn rainbow floaty, and we brought Terry O'Reilly a muffin on stage. You're like they had deodorant. <laughs> Great. You we, need the we practical. Ran, we ran a freaking bodega out of a movie theater. <laughs> that was, it was, I'd never seen that done before. <laughs> That's innovative. Anyways, thank you so much to my guest and former co-host, Tyler Jack Butler, for coming back and chatting iMedia and other things. Uh, you can follow Tyler at Tyler Jack Butler on social media. Stay tuned. For another episode of Don't Call Me a Guru, um, actually double episode this month of March because we missed, we missed February because my voice was feeling a little, you know, and you don't want to do a podcast if your voice isn't quite there. Um, so yeah, so we'll have two episodes this March, which will make the Alberta Podcast Network very happy. <laughs> Powered by ATV Financial. Um, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Matt, for producing. There's going to be a few other credits rolling after this. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to rate us. Five stars. Five stars. And we'll uh, we'll see you with the next episode. (laughs) 
The podcast you are listening to today was produced by Matt Matischuk at the Nate Radio and Television Studios. The music bed for this episode was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer. The logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed with the help of graphic designer Rory Lee. Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. ATB Financial.